0: I'm Damian Bulwa, and welcome to a special joint edition of the Fifth and Mission, and It's All Political podcasts. I'm joined to talk about all the election results by the It's All Political host, Joe Garofoli, our City Hall columnist in San Francisco, Heather Knight, and our Sacramento reporter, Alexi Kasa. We're going to talk about all the election results, although at this time, approaching midnight on Tuesday night, we do not have a result in the presidential election. Thank you guys for joining me here.
1: Good to be here. Thanks Too bad we're not me. in the newsroom with some cold pizza right now. And cold it's, beer
2: as I it, believe we true. had <laughs> uh, four years ago on this night. Yeah, this was a, you, was you know, a first here. for the, the Chronicle the and the newspapers <laughs>
0: to to do everything on Zoom. We are so used to being together. It, it sucks to not be together um, and not share pizza yeah. and Reese cups.
2: And of course, valuable information and insight and analysis. <laughs> oh,
0: well, that's true.
2: So, Joe, we got to start with you. The presidential race
0: at this hour, um, and perhaps well into tomorrow, is
2: undecided. Um, what's the latest? What, what were the surprises for you? Well, the surprise was, uh, for one, there wasn't there wasn't a, a blue wave, there wasn't a red wave. Uh, the uh, most things fell into place, um, and, and the one state that flipped that could be the key to the, to a Biden path, the victory, um, is Arizona It has not officially flipped yet, but he is ahead there, uh, largely on the strength of what he did in Maricopa County, which is, um, where, uh, you know, most of the, most of the voters are. And, uh, he is leading with Latino voters and he's leading with seniors in Arizona, which is, which says a lot, uh, because this is a state that, uh, President Trump won four years ago. Um,
0: but how, how bizarre Joe, for the call of the race to be made by Fox News of all I that. know,
2: and uh the president is pissed uh he was uh he was already he's already had a tweet taken down by Twitter tonight where she said you know these are there's a lot of fake results and 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 uh you know there's widespread fraud, and twitter's like no you that's that's not accurate you they they took it down um so uh but you know the the president won Florida. The president won uh, North Carolina or is on his way to winning North Carolina, uh, two states that Democrats thought they had a chance of taking. Uh, so uh, basically, and he's uh, leading, and it's still a lot of votes to count, uh, the president's leading in uh, the the so-called blue wall of, of Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, uh, but we may not know Pennsylvania for a couple days, and we may not know Michigan for a, at least a day, and Wisconsin we might know either early this morning or, or uh Probably the wee hours this morning, maybe later this morning. So, is uh, a is a lot out there. It's it's kind of anticlimactic, but you know we've got this presidential race has started two years ago. It's gone through uh, a, a, an impeachment, a pandemic, and uh, a, a racial justice movement, and it's it and it and it's continuing to go tonight. It could be a while, and it could even be a tie. Oh, please don't even say that, because uh, (laughs) that is we we were talking on Slack tonight about all the you know what that means. Because then that goes to the House of Representatives, and how your state delegation, state delegations, vote. So, the power of the California delegation, we would have as many votes as the Wyoming delegation, which would be they only have one member of Congress, and so it would be one on one. I mean, which is ridiculous. That's no way to elect a president. So let's hope it doesn't go to that.
3: So I believe AP actually projected that Biden has won uh, one of those uh, spare districts in Nebraska uh, that Trump won in 2016. So with that, it, I believe, is not uh, possible for there to be a tie anymore. So at least you can probably take that uh, option off the table. But (laughs) okay, thank you. Thank you.
0: So I was I was watching um, the election quite a bit tonight with my daughter, who was hanging out, and she had so many questions about why our system works the way it does, and she was befuddled, and I I, I didn't know quite what to to answer her with. Um, so much complexity, and of course, she asked the classic question of, uh, of why we do it this way. Um, Which seems like Joe, it'll get another airing of why we don't simply count up the votes and go with the popular vote. Right.
2: Yes, and there's going to be all sorts of conversations about uh, you know the 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 national popular vote and other other plans that are out there, and and there should be. I mean, um, I think the last time we were close to getting rid of the electoral college was um, nineteen late sixties, nineteen sixty eight or so, sixty nine, and it uh, it almost happened, Um, but ever since then there's been no talk of it. Uh you know obviously small states want to keep it uh you know the the tyranny of the small states want to keep that from from happening. All right,
0: All right Joe, you mentioned the the racial justice movement. I want to go over to Alexi Kossif. He's uh, our reporter in Sacramento and one of the big things that came out of the George Floyd case in Minneapolis was taking another run at whether affirmative action should come back. In California, to, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it mostly impacts college admissions and, and contracting for for government work. Um, so what is happening with that Prop 16, Alexi?
3: So, um, you know, as they say, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And it looks like um, we're right back where we started a quarter century ago when voters Uh, in California adopted this ban on affirmative action. The, the, measure to overturn that ban is down by about 10 points. And, you know, that's the same margin that the ban uh, was, you know, approved by 24 years ago. So um, it's not clear if that margin might narrow as as, you know, late votes come in. But, you know, it's looking like it's headed for defeat right now. And, And it's definitely a huge disappointment for supporters that have been waiting for over two decades now to take a swing at this and really thought that there was an opportunity this year with with the change in the electorate. Um, some have blamed confusion over the fact that you are undoing something you did before, and, and voters might not have understood that co- entirely. Um, there's also a lot of divisions among different groups. You know, for example, in the Asian American community, this is a very controversial idea what of could, because of what it could potentially mean for college admissions. So I think we'll be sifting through that in the weeks and months to come to understand why California is clearly not, not ready to revisit that idea.
0: I want to ask you before we go over to Heather, one more that I think a lot of people were watching Prop 22. This is the one that was really driven by Uber and Lyft and other other gig companies. And basically, I mean, the the potential cost of losing this election for them might be not operating in California because they do not want to make drivers employees that much. Um, But that seemed like it was doing a lot better than people thought.
3: Yeah, it, you know, there was some public polling that showed it close. And tonight, it appears to be a blowout. Um, They spent more than $200 million in order to win this race, which is a level unseen in the history of California uh, ballot measures. So, you know, it seems like they, you know, will end up getting what they paid for, which is a win. But um, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. You know, this this was a fight with organized labor over whether they would have to declare their drivers to be employees or could keep them as independent contractors. And um, they set a margin so high in the ballot measure that it, it essentially will never be able to be changed by the legislature. So I would not be surprised to see fights over this come back to the ballot in future years, because there's essentially no path to negotiate on any piece of it, you know, through through the state capitol. All
0: right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Heather Knight about the results in San Francisco and more on the statewide and presidential race. This is a mashup fifth in mission and it's all political podcast. We'll be right back. For all the election results and the Chronicle's coverage of the presidential race, go to sfchronicle.com. Heather Knight, thanks for joining us. Our City Hall columnist, Heather, obviously this election in the city was overshadowed quite a bit by the presidential race, but the issues in San Francisco right now are so historic in terms of what's happened to the city and 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 the ongoing crisis in terms of drug addiction and homelessness and housing. Um, tell us about uh, what is happening with those results in San Francisco.
1: Well, uh, FYI, twelve percent of San Franciscans appear to have voted for Donald Trump. That's a fun fact. Wow! Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're most likely to live in the Sunset District and the Excelsior.
2: What was the over under on that, Heather? I think wasn't it? It had to be like <laughs> not. It could it have was, been double uh, last, digits.
1: Four years ago, I think it was nine or ten percent. So there's more.
2: There we
0: go. Trump
1: backers now than there were then.
0: wait, wait, wait before you go <laughs> on heather, you, you've you've written about this in the past, right, and you've spoken to these people. What is it like um for people, especially during election season, that are that are big um conservatives and, and Trump voters?
1: uh I think they feel lonely and like they don't want to speak up. Um, they censor themselves in their daily lives, so I'm sure it feels good to go to the polling place and and say what they really think.
0: So uh, tell us uh, about the biggest issues on the ballot and obviously um, some supervisors races that are that are in the balance that that will have a lot to do with what Mayor Breed can get accomplished.
1: Yeah. So I actually talked to her this morning. She was at Manny's in the mission doing some phone banking to Pennsylvania voters. And she was very, very animated about her hopes for the board of supervisors, talking about how she wanted a much friendlier group to work with so she could finally get something done. And next to her, Libby Schaff, the Oakland mayor, said "Amen." <laughs> so um, <laughs> they were having some fun bantering, but she did not uh, get much of her way when it came to the Board of Supervisors. It doesn't seem it's still too early to say for sure because of the weird ranked choice voting system. So um, not all of that process has gone through yet. But with the first go at ranked choice voting, it looks like Connie Chan um, has won in District One. Who? the mayor did not support. Looks like Aaron Peskin held his seat. Looks like Dean Preston held his seat in the hate. He and London Breed do not like each other at all, so that is not good news for her. Um, She did get one of her two favorites, it appears, elected in District 7, Myrna Melgar. Um, Hilary Ronan had no competition in District 9, and it looks like Asha Safai probably won in District 11, so a mixed bag for London Breed on that front for the, uh, the ballot measures, every single one passed. So, um, or at least appears to be on the track to passing. So that's good news. I guess it shows that San Franciscans were in a, an optimistic outgoing mood. They voted yes on everything, <laughs> including three tax measures, which will help the mayor bridge her major budget gap caused by the pandemic.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. I want to go back to, uh, to the statewide races. Alexi, they're, they're, was a lot of attention on prop 15. Um, it last time I checked, it was, I think it was 50, 50. The last time I checked, this is a a split role in which businesses would lose some of those prop 13 uh, protections that are so controversial in the state. Um, what's going on here and why is this so divided?
3: So, you know, I, this has been a long time goal of liberals in the state, you know, who basically feel like Prop 13, which, you know, creates these limits on raising property taxes for homeowners and for commercial property owners has just deprived the state of billions of dollars in in tax revenue. So they sensed an opportunity this year to, you know, go after this big goal of, of finally undoing a piece of it. And, you know, it was going to be a a fight no matter what. Both sides have spent tens of millions of dollars, you know, trying to, uh, you know, win their way with voters. And, you know, looking right now, close to midnight, I mean, it's still within two points that the no side is up slightly, but we don't know what's going to happen because, you know, votes have been coming in all night. It's been leading. It's been trailing. So you know, this one is really one to watch down to the wire and it has huge implications for local budgets and for, you know, business owners who are a lot of whom are really, really worried about, you know, increased costs from rent and things like that. If suddenly they're owing all these taxes, you know, to the, to this, um, you know, on, on buildings.
2: I heard from, uh, someone on the yes side, uh, this morning, I was talking to them uh, and. Uh... They said at the last minute they were outspent like by $20 million by the no side, which had, they had been outspending them. Uh, the S had been outspending them for much of the campaign, but some late money came in on there because uh, they were ahead in the polls for the most part. Right, Alexi? They were.
3: Yeah, they were. I mean, this is and again, this is one that's been tight the whole time. Uh, a lot of public polling showed. Uh, the yes side right in there with 49% for months and months, 49%, you know, which is good to be winning, but it's not good to be under 50%. And the polling in the last few weeks has shown the no side gaining. So it could be that that late surge of money will push the no side over the edge. I don't think this is one that we will know for days, if not weeks in California.
0: All right. a A few other state props, a repeal of California's cash bail system, Uh, It was trailing, uh, at least at this hour, Uh, the the rent control measure, um, Alexi, that um, looks like voters rejected it, right? Yeah.
3: You know, this is an odd one because voters overwhelmingly rejected a rent control measure two years ago. The uh, proponents of that came back to try again, but there. But in the meantime, the state legislature has passed its own law. So you know, some would argue there's actually even less need for this initiative than there was two years ago. Uh, but that one is is headed for a huge defeat. Uh, you know, I think you mentioned this cash bail thing. I'm, I'm stunned to see that one, uh, losing as badly as it is, because this was a huge fight to get this through the legislature a couple of years ago. And instead of rallying behind that victory, liberal groups have completely split on it. Some like the idea and some don't. And a lot of groups that you would think would be supporting this measure came out against it. And so that, that could end up being that they help kill it. And uh, you know, it's not guaranteed that the legislature will come back and try and do something again. So we may end up with a system that uh, those liberal groups don't like at all. Um, It it really shows that, um, you know, all of that momentum that you mentioned around racial justice in California this year has not, you know, it hasn't turned out, in in the election the way we expected there's a couple of criminal justice measures uh that did pass including one that will restore rights for uh parolees voting rights for parolees when they finish their terms uh and and california voters overwhelmingly rejected a measure that would have uh, created harsher criminal penalties for some crimes but you know as you can see it's just it's been a very mixed bag this year on on that front
2: and Jerry Brown chose to put his, put money, a million dollars uh, behind Prop 20 or against Prop 20, I should say, As and he didn't do anything for cash bail, which also was something that that happened uh, during his uh, last uh, uh, term in office, uh, which was kind of odd. It, it,
3: I, it was a very odd choice because this version, uh, the, the law, it's a referendum actually. So it's essentially right. the, the bail industry went to the ballot to try and block California from adopting this law. And the version of the law the legislature passed was a version that Jerry Brown wanted. You know, he basically made the legislature pass something that was not quite as expansive as they had originally planned to. So for him not to come forward at all and try and defend that law is is surprising. But, you know, he's been on his ranch in Calusa County focused on climate change. So.
0: All right. I want to hear I want to hear from you guys what what you'll take from the night or what was most surprising to you? I know um, what was not surprising, I think, was that was that Twitter um, censored one of the president's tweets. He said the uh, election was being stolen, um, even as the votes were simply being counted. We should um, in-
1: interject now because our producer is telling us that the president is speaking right now and um, saying what he was predicted to say, that the election's being stolen, he was winning, and then they just stopped it. They were going to have a big party, and now he can't. Exactly what many political analysts were saying. And it's important to note that elections work this way. There's nothing unusual about this. It often takes longer than a few hours to know what the results are. And he's basically just making that up.
2: Yes. There, no, no reports of widespread uh, uh, voter fraud at all.
0: But Joe, when Arizona was called, of course, um, they said, wait,
2: all the votes haven't been counted yet. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes, they did. Um, yeah, that, I mean, th- that's the thing we're going to this is now uh, in the realm of, uh, of almost like a publicity war. And and soon we're going to be uh, this is going to be a battle for the the upper handed messaging and who's got the best lawyers, uh, because we're going to be going through every ballot uh, as, as Pennsylvania, if it if it gets down to that. Um so the the next uh the, this could be a slog of of, di- of at least days and perhaps weeks.
1: He's now said um we did win the selection and he's going to the Supreme Court. So this is going to be a fun few weeks for us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Other surprises, other surprises tonight or things that you will uh, take with you?
3: Uh, I think, you know, one one thing to mention is that um, probably for a lot of our, you know, our listeners in San Francisco, they were following a race for state Senate between Scott Weiner and Jackie Fielder uh, that got a lot of attention. You know, Scott Weiner is running for uh, his second term and uh, he got a lot of criticism from Jackie Fielder for not basically not being progressive enough for the district. But he's cruising to victory tonight by about 20 points that that race did not really shape up to be, you know, as as much of a, a contest as she expected. But uh, in three swing districts in or- in Southern California, largely in Orange County, um, the Republican incumbents are all losing to their Democratic challengers, uh, some by wide margins. If those hold, the Democrats will hold 32 out of 40 seats in the state Senate, which would just be an unprecedented number. Uh, not guaranteed that that will happen, but if 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 that is the case i mean you're going to you're about to see some really crazy politics in uh, sacramento next year so keep an eye out
1: <laughs> on that front i'd like to note that david chu um won his uh, re-election bid for assembly beating exotic uh dancer star child perennial candidate always on the ballot never wins <laughs> <laughs>
2: and and in the us <laughs> the us senate uh democrats had uh, high hopes of uh Of getting a majority there, and it's going to be, there's, you know, a couple of these races are too close to call, but um, that is looking like it may not happen. Uh, So, uh, you know, it could be, depending on how everything falls out, uh, four more years of gridlock.
1: We do know Mitch McConnell won, so.
2: He did. And and Lindsey Graham won charge. handily too, despite the uh, that was challenges. a big
1: disappointment for Democrats.
2: Yes, uh, Jamie Harrison raising an unprecedented amount of money in the last quarter. His uh, why Democratic do you think these calendar. polls
1: were so off, Joe?
2: The the South Carolina polls. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I was very surprised when they showed him tied. I you know I don't think there's a first of all I don't think there's a lot of polling high. High quality polling, as they say in South Carolina, so that might have been one reason. Um, and also, I mean, that's that's a very red state. That's a Bible Belt state. That's that is Trump country. Uh, he handily won the state. So um, Jamie Harrison is very is a very good candidate, you know, on paper. Um, and he's uh, and you know he is a, a, a great. He's, he's a young guy. He's a great future in politics. He's a good story. Uh, so we probably would have not seen the last of him.
3: You know, on the Senate front, though, the, the biggest shock bandit being, uh, you know, it looks like Susan Collins in Maine is may hold on. And that was one of the biggest prospects for Democrats to flip. Biden is winning Maine handily right now. And Collins is winning handily, too. I mean, she's outperforming President Trump there by 15 or 17 points. Mm. So that's going to be a huge, huge disappointment for Democrats who pumped in tens of millions of dollars into that race
0: and again we may we may also have somewhat of a reckoning on on ourselves and on polling and uh if if some of the storylines hold again and um, the polls are not going to uh, to hold true and and people are going to wonder not only why they are sometimes wrong but also what the value
3: is there i am starting to wonder myself a little bit <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah and there was a lot a lot of pollsters said they uh, we'll see what happens in the in the uh, in the, uh, the blue wall states But uh, a lot of pollsters says, hey, we 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 are overcorrecting now to make up for the mistakes we made four years ago where we underestimated, undercounted uh, working class uh, men uh, uh, without white guys, without college degrees that uh, that were Trump supporters. And so, uh, you know, uh, they might have to go back to the models again because that you're right. This could be this could be 2016 uh, could smell a lot like 2016 again.
0: All right, well we we got to wrap it up, guys. But I really missed spending personal time <laughs> with you guys tonight in in the newsroom. Pizza, um, it's not the same.
1: Well, hopefully, we'll be eating Here pizza together down. someday soon.
0: I yeah,
3: I've never I've never gotten an election in the Chronicle newsroom. Oh, I joined oh, after you know after the 2018 election, so I've I've never gotten to enjoy that privilege with all oh. of you.
1: I just want to note that four years ago tonight, I thought I was working on a very big story, which was the San Francisco, San Francisco soda tax measure. And then I had to, um, write that even though I'm sure like not a single person read it.
2: So <laughs> I had to rewrite my story, uh, at, at, uh, on deadline. Uh, by the way, uh, you know, Damon, you, you mentioned that this is a mashup of, uh, it's all political and fifth admission, but, uh, that uh, whose theme music is gonna be played for this? Because I'm a very fond of my theme music and I, I would like to hear my theme music in this, or maybe we should we could go let's intro a and, and outro. Yeah, let's have a vote. Yes. Alexi? Come on, man. Come on. Politics team, baby, we stick together.
3: That's right. I'll I'll stick with my uh with my colleague Joe here Just, I know he needs the support. We have a tie two on two. We have a tie. It's seven two sixty-nine, two sixty-nine.
0: All right. Well, thanks, guys. And maybe uh, see some of you tomorrow. Yes. Here. Yes, absolutely. And every day day
2: for the rest of our lives.
0: (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. See you you soon.
3: Bye-bye. Good night.
0: That was a joint edition of Fifth and Mission and It's All Political. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to my guests, City Hall columnist Heather Knight, Senior political writer Joe Garofoli and Sacramento reporter Alexi Kossif. Thank you to King Kaufman for producing this episode and thank you for listening.